Are your kitchen and bathroom way overdue for a remodel? Well, I got the guy for you. Call John Sellers at First Response Contracting, 484-256-7136. Both residential and commercial services, and he's licensed and insured. Call him at 484-256-7136, First Response Contracting. Hello, this is Brad Wiseman. You're listening to Real Estate and You. We are back in the studio, and boy, am I excited about this guest. I've been trying for a really long time to get this guest to be on this show, and it's finally happening. He's a busy guy, so I completely understand, but I have to say, this is going to be just a, a great show, and I'm looking forward to it. Jason Abrams, how are you doing, man? Well, and I'm sorry I was so hard to get. There's one guy who's completely in charge of my calendar, and he feels at total ease blowing it up on a daily basis. I, and I bet I bet you ten dollars I know who that is. Yeah, we rescheduled five or six times, but we made it. That's funny. Hey, I got a question for you. I talked to Mark King, and you know he was on the show um, several months ago. Okay, and and I asked him before doing the show. I said, "Hey, is there anything I can say to to Jason about this?" And he said, "Ask him why when it's me, Gary." And him in the room, why I always say that I'm, he's the third smartest guy. You're the second smartest guy. <laughs> it's just, it's funny. He does say that. I don't know that yeah. it's actually true. Um, <laughs> I think we all know who the, the, the first smartest guy is. Yeah, we all know that. That's a definite. <laughs> he and I end up usually musing off each other or, or in full out argument. One of the two. Right. We have. And then Mark uh, weighs in and his genius is knowing exactly when to weigh in. Yeah. Which he, is why. He wins 98% of every argument that he's in because he waits for his spot and then he's unbeatable. Yeah, he, he was a great, great interview. Um, very intelligent guy. I, like I said before we got on the air here is, you know, the three of you together at Keller Williams at the top, the leadership um, is just wonderful right now. And I really appreciate it, everything you guys do. Uh, and I appreciate your insights and stuff. So today is about you, though. I wanted to get dig in about who you are, you know, how you got in this business and whatnot, because I'm sure a lot of the agents at Keller Williams don't know maybe some of that stuff. And uh, first of all, your your title at Keller Williams is head of industry. What exactly does that mean? And education, too. Yeah, I just made it up. Um, I just made it up. I didn't didn't really have – I I still don't, right? KWRI is set up with with giant departments. Yeah. And these departments have things like budgets and organizational charts. And I'm not really good at any of that. It's not how I I operate the best. And so I'm a department of two people. (laughs) (laughs) Gary once said, make sure your thinking is on everything, but that you're managing nothing. Oh, and that's interesting. kind of what it was. And so when I looked around at different technology companies, because I believe that technology is going to play a big part of the future, Absolutely. they all had a department for industry. And the way that they defined it was the industry was the two most highly considered consumer purchases, this being housing and automobile. We don't sell automobiles here yet. No. Um, so I said, well, okay, what if we just said that industry is what's going on in the, in the, in the business? And interestingly enough, after a couple of years of that, it kind of morphed into, well, if you know about the industry and no one else does, you're failing. So how do you know about it? And then how do you teach it? And that's when we added learning. And so now it's gotten a little more, um, I like that larger, right? So industry and learning and then encapsulates KW. I love that, man. It's really cool. And it's funny. Now you're explaining it. That makes a lot more sense to me because when I first heard the term head of industry, it was like you you try to wrap your head around it. Then you try to make up things in your own mind of what that means. So it's nice to hear what it means from the guy that came up with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, well, Gary always says that leadership knows no title. 
And so when I, when I got the job, I said, well, what's my title going to be? And he said, well, what's your title now? And I said, realtor. And he goes, well, why would you ever want a different one than that? Oh, that's great. And I was like, cool. And so when I got here, I didn't have a title for the yeah. first year and a half. It just said realtor. HR finally got involved. They, okay. We got to give yeah. you a title. We got to give you, you something. Yeah. Franchise agreement. So we have to really know we have to have a title. Right, right. Came, cool thing now is I'm watching real estate teams in real time. Um, start to name people as head of industry. I think Place oh, just wow. named India um, as their head of industry. Um, Livy and I think named somebody. Um, I just got an email that Remax now has a head of industry. So, oh my gosh, isn't that yeah, something? So you started something. You, you're you're like a trendsetter here. I don't know. I, I guess <laughs> they should get us all on stage and we can all compete. I'll take the Pepsi challenge any day. Uh, that's awesome, man. So here's the thing that's amazing. That one of the things maybe some people know, but p- people don't know, uh, scoring the deal. I mean, you actually had your own HGTV show, and it came from this niche that you had of selling homes to NFL football players. And what, that's amazing. How did that even start? It's it what started with with the NFL, but then we we branched out to other sports. And if you, by the way, if you're listening at home and you never heard of the show, it's okay. My mom's <laughs> the only one that watched it. Um, we were number one in our time slot, one a.m. to two a.m. Now again, number one in our time slot. Right, right. We're very good. That's a great, great thing. I did that show for three years. We ended up with 15 million viewers. Wow. That show, which you and I would say, oh my gosh, you're that's a lot. Yeah, we were top three shows in all of HGTV. The challenge with it was that that show was skewing towards a male audience. And at the time, HGTV yep. was looking for more of a female audience. Yep. And so they couldn't necessarily cancel the show because there were so many people watching it. But on the same token, they wanted us to try to explore different ways of filming it. And the yeah. challenge is I wasn't willing to film it any different way. Yeah. The, the reality is most of the shows that you see are back tell stories. Yeah. Meaning consumer bought a house. Yep. They then come in, empty the house, film a walkthrough, they act surprised. Then they go film two others and they put all the furniture back and then show them again. So it's not happening in real time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We have other people that were on HGTV. One of the uh, local person here, realtor did one of those shows and it was completely, it's all backwards. Yeah, it's all backwards, which, which is so disingenuous. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know I'd have a hard time with that too, but that's just, that's Hollywood. That's the way it is. I mean, look, I still have a lot of friends that are still making TV. So absolutely. Doing. I will say that I wasn't going to make a show that way. Neither was any professional athlete. Like I wasn't right. going to, it wasn't going to work. So yeah. it, that show was all filmed in real time. And so it was real pressure situation because, you know, professional athletes have a day or two to find a house. Yeah. And so they needed to find a place. We needed to film a TV show. That, it, was, it was a lot. Was, I can't it imagine. It's, it's a, it's a logistical nightmare. It sounds like. It was tough. I mean, yeah. I, so how did that years. start though? Like what, who was your first guy that all of a sudden, I mean, it's not like I can go as a realtor down to the, the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles down here and go, Hey, I'm going to be a realtor for the Eagles. You know, I'm going to start selling them houses. You know, they're going to be looking at me like I'm nuts. Um, it was a fluke, man. I, I was, I was selling houses just like everybody else. And I had been pretty dominant in my marketplace. And I went down to family reunion, which was in Florida that year. And I met a woman who represented professional athletes in Miami, which everyone in Miami seems to do. Anyway, she had somebody (laughs) who was, I don't even remember who the athlete was, but anyway, they, they were buying a house in Miami. And then in the last minute, they became a Detroit lion. And she called me. Like this was a oh, family reunion said, Hey, I met you. You're the only realtor I know in Detroit. Will you work with this person and send me a 50% referral? 
And I said, sure, I'd love to. And then I hung up. I was so excited. Um, but then I realized really quickly I wasn't going to be able to pick this person up in my Grand Am. <laughs> so I rented a limousine. Oh, my gosh. Houses. Anyway, they flew in. I picked them up at the airport in a limo. We looked at three homes. They loved all three. They bought one of them. That's great. I got the biggest commission check I ever got. Even so, at 50%. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, they bought like the most expensive Toll Brothers home that Toll Brothers had. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. And then you after became that, that guy. Kind of. Well, I decided after at the closing that I was going to go on my first ever business trip. And I flew out unannounced to say thank you to his financial advisor who I had met and his sports agent who I had wow. met at the time. And um, interestingly enough, man, I, no one apparently had ever done that before. Wow. And I never met the agent. Um, I, I didn't get in to see them that day, but I left a card. That agent called three weeks later and said, hey, we got another guy coming to Detroit. Will you do it? I said, sure. And I did it. And then he called three weeks later and said, do you work anywhere other than Detroit? And I said, yeah, I work everywhere in the country. <laughs> Hung up, realized what that meant. Three years later, we were the largest in the world. Unbelievable. I think in, in 2016, I represented 29% of the first round of the NFL draft. That's incredible. That's incredible. Meeting at the draft, and, and I was going table to table, and someone from ESPN came up to me and said, "So, who are you?" And I said, "I'm I'm the realtor." And they said, <laughs> And I said, "I'm the real estate agent that's going to get all, uh, these guys' homes." And he said, well, "Which guy?" And I said, "This half of the world." <laughs> that's and unbelievable. That I was like, "Oh my gosh, this has turned into a thing." Um, and wow. About it. And, that's amazing. You know, and the thing that I really, really, that really hit me and it, it shows your character and who you are was the point in here that basically you were not just going in there and selling these guys a home right away. You were actually sitting down with them on a financial level and saying, Hey, you know what? This is your first year. Why don't you get yourself, you know, situated? Let's, let's, let's get the, let's get your job done first. And then when, when you feel like you're, you have things together, then let's go buy a house. Cause I'm, I can just imagine that when somebody gets that, that contract, they're going, that money's burning a hole in their pocket, ready to buy a house, buy cars, buy everything that they can buy. And, you know, for you as an agent to be more worried about their well being and their future says a lot. And it's probably why you kept doing more and more business. What a great, what a great way to set it up. It was, that was great. Yeah. I wish I could tell you that that worked. I, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. You know, when I, I'd sold that business and, and the primary reason that I sold it was that I had went through an entire draft class. And so the, it was cool because I would rent you your first house. I would sell you a place wherever you started and, and you were playing during that rookie contract. And then I would be the first space you saw in the new place. And it all worked. Yeah. The challenge was... I, I the last step I never saw coming, which was help you sell in foreclosure. Wow, interesting. Um, right side, and and no matter what I tried to do from an educational standpoint, that industry was just so predatory um, that most of the guys, almost almost all, ended wow. up in financial distress. Isn't and, that amazing? You know, you look at baseball with an eighty plus percent divorce rate. You look at football um, with, um, I think it's like a fifty or sixty percent bankruptcy rate. You, you look at these yeah. numbers. And um, they're cataclysmic. And I, I and I and I looked up and said, "Okay, I'm now finished the life cycle with this group. Yeah, yeah. It was now time to start recruiting a new rookie class. I was about to get on the plane and start flying to colleges again. And I said, I don't, I, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Interesting, really interesting. interesting. It was fun though. So the one of the things that I I always 
really enjoy about watching your videos and your interviews, and I've watched a lot of interviews with you before during the show, just to kind of get to know you and your insight, your the way you look at things is, is, is very different, I think, a lot of times. Um, but the thing that you said, you were on an interview with uh, the Sync CEO, as Alvaro, or I guess his name. Yeah, uh, good dude. Really cool. He seems really cool. It was a great interview, and I really enjoyed it. But you were saying here that um, home is a, such a human place. I love that. And it talks. You talked about you know you don't curl up with your stock or your bond portfolio. Um, you know, a house is completely different. That there, can you expand on that? You said 2020 forced us to rethink the way we communicate. What did COVID do for our industry? What do you think? How do you think that changed it in good ways and bad ways? So I could try to explain it to you, but that it was so much better said by, by Mo Anderson. If you don't know who she is. Yeah, I know Mo Anderson. Yeah, of course. Um, she wrote a book called The Joy-Filled Life. Listen to, listen to how she describes her house. Ready for this? Go ahead. Um, it wasn't until we were both 73. Not talking about me and her. Yeah, yeah. Her husband. It wasn't until we were both 73 that we moved into our dream home. On May 3rd, 2010, listen to this. We call it Stone Mill. I'm I'm just going to stop right there for a second. Think about the things in your life that you've named. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'll tell you more about the struggles we lived through to see it become a reality in later chapters, but it was all worth it. It's more than a house. It's a resting place, a safe harbor, a place of beauty and peace, a sermon in stone that oh, wow. moves everyone who steps inside. Wow. I read that. I read that. I don't even remember when this was written, but I, I, I read that. Um, I think it was 14 or 15. And I was like, oh my gosh, right? Like wow. the things that you name take on such a different meaning. Now, not everybody names their house. No. But the idea that you could build the sermon in stone to say, okay, well, what are the other things in my life that have that effect? Yeah. And I only was able to come up with people. And then I said, okay, but sticks and stones aren't people. So where do you go from there? Here, here's what I decided. I decided that houses are really the backdrop of our lives. And the same kitchens you smile in are the same kitchens you cry in. And the same bedrooms that you have these amazing moments are the same ones that you have these terrible fights. And there's there's something innately human about it. Yeah. And our industry walks around um, coining the way that people live and we take it for granted, meaning there's no stainless steel appliances unless real estate agents started telling everyone they should have it. <laughs> so true. And so we started telling every single builder that this is what our people want. We're designing the backdrop for people's lives and then allowing them and their families to watch the show. Wow. And I fell in love with the industry then. That's, uh, and, and that's what I'm saying. That that's great. And it makes so much sense. I mean, it really does. It makes a lot of sense. So going back to the, to the other thing too. So do you think COVID or what we went through in 2020 has changed our industry in a good way or a bad way? Or what do you see as the future? How, how has that shifted our business or shifted our, the way we're going to do things from now on? Do you think it made a big difference? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you tired of looking at your car covered in road salt and winter grime or not quite getting the results you would like to see from the car wash? Well, I've got just the solution for you. The Detail Shop, your go-to destination for premium auto detailing. Yeah, I don't know. I think that 
I think in a really good way, right? COVID showed us that you can have a, a physical base of a place to do business and you can be digitally enhanced. I think the all digital companies have discovered that that doesn't work. I yeah. think the all physical companies discovered that that didn't work. Yep. And I think that everyone's now looking for the for a medium. I think if the industry has, at the same exact time, something else was happening in the industry, which was you had real estate brokerage houses that were asking the question, if I can't produce more money for the industry, and yeah. they can't, by the way, because no one has managed to come up with anything that makes anyone else sell a home when they weren't planning on doing it. Right. There's no new money nope. created in any of these things. Nope. But when they look up and they say, okay, well, could we split the money differently? Could we pay real estate agents differently? And I think companies like Compass tried this out at scale. And I think you're living through a very unique time. Yeah, very, very much so. And you know what's interesting, too, what I've found with the whole COVID thing is I think people realized how important it is to actually love your home. We spent so much time in our homes and I think we all realized how much the house means to us, how much the condition of the house or the house, the way it flows reflects on who we are as a person. That's the part I thought that was really amazing. Cause I, the only reason I say it is because my wife and I'll never forget this. We're sitting on the deck and we're having a glass of wine during COVID. You know, we didn't have masks on cause it was my wife and I, so we're good. Um, but we're having a glass of wine and next thing you know, we both decide, we both looked at each other and said, you know what? I hate our kitchen. And so I'm serious. We, we look and I said, so do I. And she's like, well, why don't we do something about it? I'm like, it's a great idea. We were on the phone the next day starting to work on designing our kitchen. And I'll tell you what, we can't believe when we look at pictures of our kitchen from before, we can't believe we, that we were in that thing. You know, it was just crazy, but, it, but now we come home and it just makes us happier. It makes us, it makes us better. Our kids love it. You know, it, it's just amazing. So that's the thing I think that you see too with the home can really, really make a difference on you as a person. That's one of the scary things of, of the common um, homeowner looking up right now and treating the home more like a simple business asset. Meaning, like I, I talked to a seller that went on a listing appointment uh, three, day, three days ago. Three days ago, and I was <laughs> sitting there, and the seller said, "Why would I trade a low interest rate that I have for a high interest rate?" Right. In that moment, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was like, "Sir." You're talking about this like this is an interest rate. Show yeah. me the interest rate of this house. Walk me to it. Show it. Good to point. Me. Good point. It's, it's different with houses. Yeah. I also think that this is the moment where where some of the industry might be a little confused, and I'm, I'm hoping people reconnect with the with the primary opportunities of the industry. Yeah. Which is number one, I sell houses. Yeah. And, and I just want to recapture the idea that that needs to be number one. That's what we do here. Yeah. We're not social media experts. We're, we're yeah, we sell houses. The second opportunity is turning that sales business that I have into a real business. And that doesn't mean team, by the way, that could mean you go get three or four admin or yeah. whatever it's look yeah. like. And then the third one, which I think is the most important opportunity of all is I acquire real estate. Lots mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And I think that the real epidemic right now is real estate agents not owning enough real estate. I think that's true. You know, and I say that about uh, all the time when it talks about, when you talk about, you know, bonds and stocks and, and homes, I've never, I've been through 2008 and that was, ooh, that was ugly. Um, but, you know, I never saw real estate worth zero. I've oh, seen, yeah. I've seen stocks and bonds and things. I've seen stocks, companies go out of business and you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in it and it's worth zero the next day. So, you know, that's the one thing that that's why I think real estate is just, it's just the best investment there is. It really is. I, I get accused all the time when I share the stage with some of our competitors and, and they accuse me of being down on stock because we don't offer it. 
the fact of the matter is I'm not down on stock at all, but I am really clear about the fact that I have no idea what's going on in the boardrooms of any of the companies that I own stock in. And yeah. no matter who you think you are, you don't either. No, you don't. You absolutely you don't. exactly how to make money with commercial residential real estate. I think that if you allow real estate agents to buy and sell real estate with the knowledge we have, that would be called insider trading. Right. <laughs> so true. It's, it's legal. <laughs> it's insane to not be doing that. That's a great point. Really good point. So I have one more question for you. You've been doing this for how long did you say? Was it 15 years? Or no, 20 some years, I think you said. 23 years. 23 years. Yeah. So you're you're doing this for a long time. What still inspires you in this business to get up every morning and go out and do it? That's a great question. I'll tell you what. I'm going to read something to you. I love and this. I'm going to tell you how terrible this is. I read a book because of being on the show with Mark. He, it was the um, yeah. Innovation Stack. It's a good book. Great book. Fun. I'm reading it for the, reading for the second time right now. I mean, look at the stack. There's your innovation stack. I have four of those stacks in my office. Oh my gosh. I hear that um, if you're not reading a lot, you're probably not going to hang around here very Yep. I I can agree with that. It's a great book. This is called Why Do So Many Incompetent Men Become Leaders and How to Fix It? Oh, wow. Don't get triggered by the title. Um, According to Gallup, uh, a a global polling firm that periodically collects um, data from employees all over the world, listen to this. 75% of people quit their job because of their direct line manager. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, 65% of Americans say they would rather change their boss than get a pay raise. Wow. That's interesting. Real estate industry as a real estate agent. What does that say about you? You're your own boss. That doesn't simply then mean that you're so happy with that person. I would argue it that these statistics hold the exact same, meaning if I was able to walk up to the average real estate agent today and say, you can swipe your credit card right now for $1,000 in the back room, and then you wake up tomorrow, the best version of yourself. And by that, I mean, you're able to time block, do the things that you know to need to do to get the things that you want to have when you want to have it. And you'll never have a problem doing that. Would you take the deal? By the way, everybody would swipe their card. Yeah, you're right. But there's no machine for that. No. And that's what inspires me every day. In this role, I get to wake up every day, know that I'm losing that battle at historic levels. And what I mean by that is the more real estate agents than ever before. You got about a million six. Yeah. Yeah. More real estate people in real estate school than you have realtors walking the earth. Amazing. You have more than a million six in online education right now to become a real estate agent. But here's the deal. The percentage of them that wash out of the industry has remained the same, static, for the last 30 years. It's about 72% over any two-year period. Yeah, I don't think that's an indictment on those who fail out. I think that's an indictment on those of us that are here and stay. Yeah, you're exactly right. The idea that 65% of them would rather change their boss than get a raise, and the fact that almost 98% of realtors are their own bosses. That's incredible. That's actually great. It's a great point. Great point. Really good stuff, man. Hey, I want to thank you for coming on the show here today. And, uh, you know, it took a while, but I'm, I I knew we could make this happen. I knew we could make it happen. This is great. So uh, tell everybody there we said hello. Tell Mark I said hi. He's actually coming here. Um, he's coming to our area. I'm going to be going to see him uh, in January. He's coming to Philadelphia area. Uh, he's here with uh, Voorhees, I guess. Is it? Oh, I forget his name. Well, the good news is I wrote the show that, that you're going to see. Oh, good. Voorhees. Oh, that's great. Oh, so you're in for a treat. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jason. We will see you that the next time I see you at a convention or something. All right. Take care, buddy. Thanks a lot.
Well, there you have it. Jason Abrams from Keller Williams. Wow, what a great show. So much information there. That was incredible. All right, that's about it. We'll see you next Thursday at 1 o'clock. Are your kitchen and bathroom remodels a little overdue? Well, now's your chance to call First Response Contracting. John Sellers will take care of you. 484-256-7136. They do residential and commercial, and they're licensed and insured. Give them a call at 484-256-7136.